I've been thinking a lot about what am I going to talk about this week, and, I, and I've been looking at all the craziness going on around the world, and I've been thinking about how a lot of people have literally seemed to have lost their absolute minds. I mean, totally. So the theme I'm going to talk about this week is the culture of insanity, and I think there's a lot we can talk about here. So as the threat of the new world order comes along to us, I wonder, will you, your children, your grandchildren, either be put under the tyrannical boot, or will we witness a newfound type of amazing freedom? I've heard both people out there, say, people saying out there different things, oh, well, I think it's only going to get worse. I'm kind of in that camp myself. And then there are other people that think there's going to be some amazing, miraculous turnaround. I hope they're right. I really do. Okay. Jay, Jay was signaled to, he believes that. Okay, I hope he's right. No matter which system dominates our future, getting it will be difficult. Hardship is not an omen of some prophetic far off future, but it is here right now. The insanity and suffering we are experiencing now is but in its infancy. Our tomorrows will assuredly witness a darkness that will permeate the day as well as the night. The darkness coming is from the abyss that is the human heart. I've been warning all of you for some time now that calamity is upon us and not because I'm clairvoyant. This insight comes from listening to what people say. When tens of millions of Americans profess open disdain for this country, its system and its people by their words, it then becomes a type of national suicide to ignore them. While you've been struggling to feed your family, they have been working tirelessly to destroy this nation. If you can't see that these people seek to dominate or delete altogether your children's future, then through your apathy, you will be responsible when they put their boots on your child's throat. I knew we were in trouble when people started believing the pseudo-moralist babble of evil people and their following hordes of raving lunatics. I'm not just spouting my opinion here. My thoughts are based upon some truly outrageous things being taught to our children by educators at many so-called prestigious universities and even in many public schools. Let me describe some of the ridiculous things in which I'm referring to. The list is long. Did you know that consumption of milk, specifically white milk, is a racist endeavor? This insanity is promoted wildly across the internet as its proponents say that milk is the new symbol of white racial purity in Donald Trump's America. <laughs> in an article I read from the Huffington Puffington Post, it stated that some white supremacists are co-opting cow's milk as a symbol of their belief that white people are wholesome and pure. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one more, trust me. Another one, did you know that eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches is a racist thing to do? According to recent equity training, there's that word equity, I love that one, in local Portland schools, one principal is raising questions about the mention of this popular sandwich, arguing it has, been, it has broader implications about race. The sandwich was reportedly mentioned in a lesson plan last year. It was reported that Veronese Guterres from the Harvey Scott K-8 school used it as an example of a subtle form of racism in language. 
According to the Tribune, Ms. Gutierrez said, what about Somali or Hispanic students who might not eat sandwiches? Well, so what? I don't eat them either. Um, I don't look at other people that don't eat, that eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as racist because I don't eat them. Another way would be to say, Americans eat peanut butter and jelly. Do you have anything like that? Let them tell you. Maybe they eat torta or pita. This is crazy. As part of a training program known as Courageous Conversations that has been phased into Portland schools in recent years, the Portland Tribune reports that staff members at Guterres' school have been going through trainings, classroom observations, and exercises such as reading a news article and then talking about it from a perspective of white privilege. Here's a good one. A professor at Michigan State University tells students that white people who practice yoga are perpetuating racism. <laughs> According to Srina Gandhi, I like that name, a religious studies teacher at Michigan State University, white people who practice yoga are contributing to white supremacy and to a system of power and oppression. She also went on to claim fitness fans who do the downward facing dog I had to look that one up. I wasn't sure what the heck that was. Downward facing dog. Are taking part in cultural appropriation. So she's saying that a certain particular uh, yoga uh, uh, exercise is somehow racist. I, 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 I don't get it. In a paper Miss Gandhi co-authored with Lily Wolf, a self-described anti-racist white Jewish organizer, facilitator, and healer, titled Yoga and the Roots of Cultural Appropriation, she calls for the decolonizing of yoga. <laughs> decolonizing. How, how is yoga being colonized? I, I looked up the, the meaning of, of, of decolonization because it's like, okay, how does that, how does that connect to yoga? According to Merriam-Webster, it's defined as to free a people or area from colonial status to relinquish control of a subjugated people or area. How does that relate to yoga? I, I don't, does, are yoga people subjugating people and enslaving them? I, I don't know. They said the explosion of yoga studios, yoga video apps, yoga pants, honestly, I don't really like yoga pants either, uh, and other yoga swag over the last two decades is evidence of the misappropriation of yoga. <laughs> yoga is being abused. <laughs> the paper said that it is part of a systemic racism, there's that word systemic, built on the labor of black people and the people of the global south. So apparently since somebody else came up with the idea, other people aren't allowed to, uh, to do it. I, I, I think that's what they're saying. We would argue one of the goals of white supremacy is to buffer white people from the pain that comes from the process of exchanging cultural, cultural grounding for the unearned power and privilege of whiteness. Wow. <clears throat> this lady's out there. They continue by stating, this modern day trend of cultural appropriation of yoga is a continuation of white supremacy and colonialism, maintaining the pattern of white people consuming the stuff of culture that is convenient and portable. I guess I'm gonna have to maybe give up eating Thai food. I don't know, I really like Thai food. I like Mexican food too. I, 
do I have to give those up? Am I appropriating or colonizing these people? The writers also claimed white yoga enthusiasts are ignoring the well-being and liberation of Indian people. Okay, I totally don't get that one. Here's a good one. Two professors at San Diego State University claim in a new book titled Just Green Enough that farmers markets in urban areas are weed-like white spaces responsible for oppression. Now, I've I've been to farmer's markets myself. I know other people that have been to farmer's markets, and I don't recall anybody telling me that they went there and they were oppressed in some way. I'm, I'm, I'm not really quite sure what they're doing at these farmer's markets. They claim there's a correlation between the whiteness of farmer's markets and the gentrification and that farmer's markets are often white spaces where the food consumption habits of white people are normalized. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Another one here. <clears throat> this is another crazy uh, college professor. This is where people are spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to send their students to, to college. And, uh, and this is the crap they're filling their heads with. Rochelle Gutierrez, a professor at the University of Illinois, says that math, geometry, and algebra promote white privilege. She argues in a newly published math education book for teachers that they must be aware of the identity politics surrounding the subject of mathematics. Ms. Gutierrez believes that algebra and geometry perpetuate white privilege because Greek terms give Caucasians unearned credit for the subject. These people are absolutely crazy. She also believes that evaluations for math proficiency perpetuates discrimination against minority students if they do worse than their white counterparts. Now, to me, that sounds racist. <laughs> this lady said, I think what she's saying here is that if you're a minority, uh, you're, you're not going to be as good at, at math just because you're a minority. It's like, what? That's like saying black people can't get, uh, don't know how to get driver's license or IDs or operate copying machines. I mean, it's, it's, it's in that same line of nonsense. <clears throat> she goes on to state that on many levels, mathematics itself operates as whiteness. Don't get that. And questions who, who gets credit for doing and developing mathematics, who is capable in mathematics, and what and whatever, whoever is seen as part of the mathematical community is generally viewed as white. Oh my God, this woman is so racist. I, I mean, come on. So, so she goes on and states, who gets credit for doing and developing mathematics? Who is capable in mathematics? And who is seen as the part of the mathematical community is generally viewed as white? Quickly, a few other examples, which I'm not going to go into detail. I'm just going to kind of quickly go over them. A professor at Clemson University says that expecting people to show up for, to work or school on time is racist. And of course, the day she said this, no one was there because they were all late. <laughs> Ironic. One professor at the University of Washington says that English is an unjust language. A University of Iowa professor claims that white marble Greek statues promote racism and need to be destroyed. <laughs> Maybe they should have used some other color marble. I don't know. It's like, whatever. Although there are a multitude of other insanities being forced upon civilization, I will conclude with the lie of love. 
Our children are being taught that love is synonymous with the total acceptance of all behaviors and all people. First of all, love is not all rainbows and unicorns. Love includes words like correct, rebuke, and admonish. Teaching your five-year-old that something is hot and will burn them is in fact love. Letting them burn themselves to show understanding is a type of stupidity born of evil. The leftist agenda is to destroy this country and you saw it recently with the actions of the FBI. And the FBI is still raiding people's houses, shackling them up. Heck, Lauren Boebert apparently has been, uh, what the, the term they use, swatted two times in the past two days. Apparently, uh, supposedly, somebody called in uh, reports and the SWAT team showed up at her house with, uh, with military-style weapons. I, I think this is just intimidation, honestly. You're crazy if you can't see what's coming with the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents whose job description includes them being willing to use deadly force. These despots are purposely destroying our economy, and this is just increasing your burden and suffering. Remember that when you suffer, so do your children. The left has categorized us people of faith as extremists. Heck, Joe Biden recently referred to us as semi-fascist. I don't think this guy knows what a fascist is. Actually, he's the fascist. He's the one that's issuing decrees without proper due process. Heck, the whole student loan forgiveness thing was done by decree. It never got voted on. It never got approved by the Senate, which is supposed to handle the money. Oh, the House, sorry. I get those two confused sometimes. So the greatest threat to our national security currently is not China, Russia, or any other country, but rather is Americans right here who hate America, its system, and you. In a quote by Vladimir Lenin, he stated, give me just one generation of youth and I'll transform the world. That's exactly what they're doing. They're going after our kids in schools. They're indoctrinating them. They're not educating them. They're not teaching them how to think. They're teaching them what to think. And they're teaching them some pretty ridiculous stuff. We got some pretty crazy lunatics posing as professors in these colleges and teachers in grade schools.